I got some news for y'all. Listen up. All you Marks and Maggies, all you Cheapos out there, you are listening to Cheap Talk Wrestling. Welcome to the Bow Socks Bumbers. TJ Alvin, your provider, your host, your ring announcer, your analyst. And Peter Alvis. I'm trying to give y'all much love on the podcast. What is going on, you guys and gals, all you Marks and Maggies, all you cheapos out there? You are listening to Cheap Talk Wrestling. I am TJ Albin, your provider, your host, your ring announcer, your analyst. And alongside with me is from, unfortunately, the Bo Sox Bombas. But he wanted to come on, Peter Alves, and joined by Netflix star, wrestling star, Randy Wentworth. Randy, welcome to the show, my brother. Thank you, man. That's, that's a... That's a great intro. You guys really uh, getting better. got that one going. A little practice, I swear. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, may I also add Massachusetts native from yes. Attleboro, North Attleboro. My apologies. Gotta yeah, get those North right. Attleboro. <laughs> um, yeah, on the show, they kept um, booking me as from Florida. So I made sure when I was like packing my stuff, I brought a Boston sweatshirt. So, like, through a lot of the scenes in the show, you'll see me wearing a Oh, Boston. that that actually makes sense. Yeah, I didn't even yeah. think about that. Yeah. PJ, I thought you watched the show. You're killing me. All right. I love that show. We're not even we're not even less than two minutes into this, and you're already killing me. Yeah. PJ, Perfect. I swear, you're killing us here. The ratings are going down on this episode right now because of you. Oh, well. <laughs> but let's let's just jump right into it. So, going from, what was it, a, like a 4.0 GPA to a wrestler. Like, this, rest, yeah. this show is all about wrestling. Let's jump right into it. What made you want to get into wrestling? Uh, well, you know, as a kid, I really like it was everything to me. And also as a kid, I wanted to be three things. I wanted to be a rock star. I wanted to be a writer and I wanted to be a professional athlete. And then when you look at professional wrestling, that's all those three things wrapped up in one. You get to tell your own stories. You get to perform in front of crowds and you get to perform all this athletic, all these athletic maneuvers and stuff. So it's really just like all the things I want to be wrapped up into one. But In, like, middle school, high school, I mean, you guys know it's, like, kind of embarrassing to be a wrestling fan. Like, I didn't want to be lame, um, so I kind of grew out of it in, like, middle high school. And my (laughs) senior year of high school, I was like, oh, WWE Raw's on? Let me throw that on so I can make fun of it. And I watched, like, an episode of it, and I was just hooked back in. I was obsessed with (laughs) wrestling. I was was reading all the dirt sheets. I was getting to the indies, Ring of Honor, um, New Japan. I was sucked right back in. And um, meanwhile, it's still lame to be a wrestling fan. So I never told my parents about this or anything. And then I have a 4.0 GPA. I didn't know what I wanted to do with that. But I was like, hey, smart people are supposed to become doctors. Let me go into the pre-med route. <laughs> Let me do that. And then I did that. And it was just all my free time. I was um, like looking up wrestling, covering wrestling. I tried like I even wrote for a couple of these dirt sheets under like a, a little alias. If someone finds that, that would be embarrassing. But because um, I literally I made, find that now. I, I literally made, find those. I made an alias because I was like, if I do become a wrestler, I don't want people to know that I was covering wrestling. Like, can't mix. I don't know what the metaphor I'm looking for, but um, don't shit where you where you eat. Basically, you don't want to cover the thing that you're in. So I was like, okay, so let me make a little alias so I'm not covering it and also being in it at the same time. Which, looking back at it now, like, that's fine. Like, I think I was just super paranoid. Like, I, I'd probably still cover wrestling now. Did you have to hide it from, like, your friends and stuff? Not to get, like, make fun of them? You know, like, middle school? Oh, yeah. Stuff? Yeah. All the time. Like, um, 
I would always like whenever they bring it up, I'd like just like jokingly and be like, oh, yeah, I watch that stuff like totally. And then I'd be like, no, I'm serious. I, I watch that stuff totally. Yeah. But um, I would try to like joke around with it. So like my sophomore year in college, I was like just going through like bio, chem, physics. Like this was terribly boring. And I was just like, you know what? Like I'm only young once. I'm only going to be able and I'm spending all my free time doing wrestling like watching wrestling, I may as well like make go chase that dream, try to make it a career while I'm still young. I can always go back to school. So I just dropped out out of nowhere. I never told my parents I even like enjoyed wrestling. And now I'm trying to explain to them I'm dropping out of school with a 4.0 to become a pro wrestler. So they absolutely hated that idea. I moved back with my parents. I started working for my parents again. They thought it was like 80 steps backwards. And they've just they were just kind of like pissed off because it was just such a 180 from what I was doing. Now, Randy, where did you um, start training? Like, that's the big thing everybody wants to look at is like, where did you start that passion? How did that go for you? So I have a fun little um, story about how I started training is as I was still trying to hide it from my parents, I was going to school at USF. So it was in Tampa. So I looked up schools near Tampa and um, the Shockmaster had a school nearby. It was about a 20 minute drive. So I was like, bet, I can do that on the side. My parents will never know. And I go, I visit. The guy's like, Tugboat wasn't there. Chalkmaster wasn't there. It was another trainer. I forget who it was. But he was basically like, all right, uh, next week, come in with your knee pads, your shoes, and your money, and we'll get you started right away. I was like, bet, this is the start of my wrestling career. And then over the weekend, a hurricane hit Tampa. And I didn't hear from the school for like a week. And then I just see on Facebook saying the school's closed down indefinitely because the hurricane blew away the school. It got uprooted and completely destroyed. So I was like, yeah. if that's not a sign for me to stop this, I don't know what is. But after that, I basically said, okay, I can't do something nearby. So I may as well just um, look up all these wrestling schools, find out which is the best one and just drop out of school entirely and chase it. And that's when I found the Dudley school. So team 3D in Florida is where I started training. So how was that like, I guess, starting out? Like, what was it like taking your first bump? Because everybody, like, I feel like remembers that first bump. Brutal. Let me tell you, just visiting. I'm so glad, like, I dropped out of school. Because if I didn't and I visited while I was still in school, I would have visited. I said, hey, thanks for your time. That's not for me. I'm going back to school. But because I already, like, burned the ships, I already, like, left school, moved back into my parents before I even visited. I visited. I was like, all right, this is going to be insane, but I guess I'll do it. Cause people, they, people were crying during my visit because the drills were so hard. But then my first day, you know, you do the bumps, you do um, the bumps to me, honestly, weren't that bad. What was bad was running the ropes. Yes. After I finished running the ropes, I went home. My entire like rib cage was just blue and I couldn't breathe. I had trouble breathing. I thought I had like multiple broken ribs i literally was so paranoid i went to the er and they're like nah your ribs are just bruised like toughen up and i was like damn like this is just bruised, bruised ribs this is gonna be brutal was there a lot of pressure for you to succeed to like prove to your parents that you can actually do this yeah there was a lot of pressure and i think honestly like that's the only reason why i stuck through like that first couple of months of like because i'm not like there's some people that you jump in the ring they're just moving. They know exactly how to hit the ropes. They know how to do every single move without ever doing it once. I'm not one of those guys. 
it took me so long to get everything down. I'm so unnatural. They say like wrestling is like a physical dance. I'm terrible at dancing. I have no rhythm. So, I mean, it took me, me too, so brother. long. <laughs> yeah. It took me so long to get like all that stuff down where like, if I didn't have the pressure of like, all right, everything's riding on this. I may have just like given up, but I was like, okay, like, no, I already told everyone like I'm doing this. Now I really have to like succeed at it. Well, I mean, you have the winning mentality in your, and what you're working right now. Let me just throw it up there. there. Yeah, Win there you go. With Wentworth, there you go. There, it, throw is. That there out it is. So looking at your training, looking at where you are now, like where, how, how do you feel working on the independence so far? Independence are rough, dude. I'm not going to lie. I starting out, I'm not a fan of um, how independent wrestling is like portrayed and booked because when I look at wrestling and I see a WWE, I see an AEW televised wrestling, they have storylines. They have reasons for why this person is fighting this person. On the indies, it's just like, hey, you got a match. It's you versus him. All right, well, why am I facing it? Why are these people tuning into this? What's the storyline here? It's just fantasy booking this guy versus this guy, this guy versus this guy. But um, I try to put as much story into it. I guess it's kind of the same deal of like, here's another challenge. You got to figure out how to solve it. You got to figure out how to get a story in here. Um, so I guess that challenge is exciting, but, um, indies are rough. I mean, I email like 50 promotions every week and then one will get back to me saying, Hey, we might have a spot. We might not. We'll see. Obviously once the show came out, I'm starting to actually get promotions reach out to me for once, which is nice. I'm not yeah. putting out all the groundwork. Indies are rough, but again, they also have like most passionate fans that like people are going on the ground level, seeing people from the start, from the rise up because they love wrestling. So it's great to wrestle in front of like those kind of crowds. Now, like you talk about the love of wrestling and it's like, obviously when you're training and obviously when you're working your, like your matches or whatnot, you pick and choose what you want in those matches. Right. Like where, like the style that you wrestle, where did you kind of like grab from? Like, you know what I mean? Like when you grab your moves or when you grab your, your gimmick and whatnot, like where did you find that inspiration? Yeah. Uh, move wise. It's kind of funny uh, as a kid. Uh, my two favorite wrestlers to emulate were Randy Orton and uh, Macho Man Randy Savage because they have the name Randy. So I take a lot from their moveset just because their name is Randy, which I think is ridiculous, but also kind of funny. My favorite wrestler, you guys can probably guess, is um, The Miz, reality star, wrestler. Yeah. So I take a lot of his um, stuff. Another one, Ric Flair, you can probably tell by the big rich person getup, Ric Flair. I really like character in wrestling. I don't obsess over the moves that much. I love the entertainment factor. So any kind of loud personality, like the rock, someone that gets the crowd invested because of who they are rather than what they're doing. Those are the guys I kind of look at, look at and try to emulate. So your personality on uh, snowflake mountain and you like, like the uh, personality side, did you like go in with a plan on like being like just you genuinely, or do you want to like play it up as like, not like a character I, essay, but like in a wrestling, like character wise, you know? Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I could have played it up as a character, but one, I had no idea what we were getting into. So like, even when we got there the first day and we were in the wilderness, I was like, all right, are we voting people out? Or do we have to compete in challenges? So I tried to stay like quiet in the beginning because I didn't know, like, am I going to put a target on my back? If like we have to vote someone out of here or whatever. 
And so like, I was trying to think of everything strategically to win. And then kind of like, they tell us like, Hey, all you have to do is survive. That's when you can kind of let loose. The only problem is I had like no like nutrition. I had meat for the first time I was there like 10 days in, I think I lost 20 pounds throughout the whole process. And like, just to be on like a 100 level character that whole time, like 24 hours a day filming would just be so exhausted. So I just said, all right, I'm just, I'm just going to be me. And um, cause that's all I can physically do at this point. Cause I'm so exhausted. And if people like it, people like it. If not, well, I'm going to have to uh, keep on working then. So how did your parents find the casting for this? Like, how did that come about for them? So the funny thing is I actually found the cast. It was on a Facebook okay. ad and it was like kid adults, 18 to 25 that are still living with their parents, but feel like they could be doing more with their life. And I was like, bet that's me. I live with my parents. I feel like I could be this great pro wrestler. Let me apply right away. I told them my whole story. And then um, they got back to me and they were like, oh, this sounds like a great story, but we need to talk to your parents first. And I was like, what? Like this show is for me. I don't know. understand why you got to talk to my parents. And then, and then obviously they got my parents side of things about how disappointed they were that I dropped out of college. I was supposed to be the first to graduate from the family and stuff like that. And then that's how I kind of ended up on the show. Did you have to like interview like after? Was there like a second like set of like casting or were you just yeah yeah there was a big, there was a thing where like they interviewed me through like a Zoom thing and then they interviewed my parents and then they interviewed me with my parents and then they did like another over the phone thing. It was like a long drawn out thing. I think they were trying to just like get us all in different places to try to see if like we're making a story up to try to get on the show or something or if like everything we're saying is like legit. Now, how long did that entire process take from the first initial interview to finally just saying, hey, we're going to like we're going to send you out. We're going to do this with you. They got back to me really quick, but they yeah. said they were like we're in the very, very early beginning stages of casting. So I want to say it was maybe like two, three months it took before finally like they were like, all right. They didn't tell me I was in until a week before they came to film like the background intro thing at my house so it was maybe like two three months before and then when they told me like yep all right you need to get, get booked a flight to the uk in the next week and um we're coming in like five days to film something so it just all came together very last minute after a very drawn out process how long ago was the uh filming um it was last year last june yeah last june we filmed oh, that's a long time ago yeah now Obviously, with the packing everything before they obviously blew up your suitcases and whatnot. How uh, long were you expected to call. pack? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How long did they tell you to expect to pack for? Did they it, tell you honestly, that or was it just honestly? I was heated because they took so much of the casting process. It was like, guys, you need to have like five perfect outfits. You need to have one for when you're by the pool. You need to have one for when you're in, in the villa. You need to have one for this. And I'd send them like five of my like going out outfits. And they'd be like, no, you can't wear this one. This one has too many like polka dots or whatever. You got to wear something solid here. I was like, all right, let me find like another, let me go buy another like collared shirt or whatever. And so I'd spent so much time on getting these outfits right. And then all of a sudden, like we don't even need them for the show. It was just all to trick us into thinking we're going into this villa. So what, like, I guess, what was your favorite part or favorite moment from this entire process of working with Netflix? That's tough. I had a lot of very down moments on the show, but um, favorite moment would probably be like stuff that like they didn't show like Ray on the cast. 
like me and her we were like together like the entire time and like we went fishing in a canoe once and she cried the entire time because she was afraid to poke a worm with a fish hook she didn't want to kill the worm to catch a fish and she was just crying in the canoe in the middle of the lake i think that was probably the funniest moment for me what was your uh, least favorite you you said you had a lot uh yeah there's that i mean uh was it your, was it your nickname you you could say that well, my nickname was uh, yeah. claimed to be Poopy Bum. But basically, the thing is, my parents have never called me that. And my mom wrote that in the letter. And like when I got back um, after filming, I like stormed in the house and I was like, Mom, why did you write that in the letter? That was super embarrassing. Why would you do that? And she was like, What are you talking about? I always call you that. And I was like, No, you don't. She's like, Yeah, when you were potty training, I'd always call you Poopy Bum. And I was like, How am I supposed to remember that? What would you say, like, I guess, like, looking at Netflix, so you guys made top 10 show in mm-hmm. just a quick time. How does that feel for you? Um, that was super um, wild because Netflix warned us the entire time. They're like, hey, this is a new show. We're probably not going to put that much promotion behind it because we want to see how well it does before we make it a series that we can really pump some stuff into. So, like, it may not do well. It may, not, it may do great. We have no idea. We just have to wait and see. And so, finally, like, when it first debuted and like two days later it was already in the top 10 like that was just like a relief honestly like we waited like a year for this to come out and we got to see that it was a success so that was nice now social media wise for you how did it look before and how to look after the show well my dms have a lot of um people asking about a harness scene so um uh, oh yeah i'm sure the yeah. girls love that uh, girls got and yeah. more guys than girls i'll tell you that but yeah, my DMs have been pretty much flooded. But before the show came out, I had about like 800 followers on Instagram. And now I think I just passed like 10K. So it's been a nice little bump there. Well, that's how I found you in the first place there in your uh, TikTok class and you're streaming Mario Baseball. Shout out to Mario. Yeah, oh, it's fun. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I just pretty much every day I was just streaming Mario Baseball and I got like a decent following on TikTok just doing that. And then all of a sudden I have people like popping in the live. They're being like, are you kidding me? Like I've been watching you play Mario baseball this whole time. And then I just turned on Netflix and I see you in a hot tub. So Peter texts me about this interview. He's like, Hey, do you, um, do you want another guest on the show? And I'm like, sure. Like, who are you thinking? And he says, uh, he brings up your name and he sends me your stuff. He sends me that. And I watch the show, but I'm like, Oh, Peter, how do you know him? Oh, I just direct messaged him on TikTok live. I'm like, <laughs> I, I thought I'm like I, I thought he actually knew you for a second. He threw me off for a second. I'm like, how do you how did you get this? He's like, oh, I just messaged him on TikTok live. I, I just told him I said like we would love to do an interview. And he's, yeah, he I'm just like, said okay. that shoot me an email, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's great. His kid throws me off with this. Oh, this kid's doing my bookings here for for the podcast now. Let's nice. nice. He has his own podcast. He's doing my bookings. Putting in the work. I like to see it. Exactly, but. What was like, I guess, a difficult part of the show, like for you, like in the filming process, was there anything really like difficult where it's like you got to that breaking point that yeah. you saw? Yeah, um, it was very tough. There is like in like the last like episode or episode or second to last episode, there's a scene where like I poop on the side of the mountain. But um, and everyone's just like, oh, ha ha ha, poopy bum, poops on the side. No, dude, I had severe food poisoning from um like we got to pack snacks for um the trip to just to keep us like up and moving and i had an expired protein shake 
I was holding that in for so long that my um, intestines like swelled up and like nothing could come out. And then like after that, like, ha ha, he pooped on the side of the mountain thing. I got like rushed to the medic and I was throwing up the entire time. And like the medic was like, we may have to like take him down. Like, this is bad. Like, and then um, I like slept in the medic's tent like that night as we like camped um, before the trip. And then I was like, all right, it's just like a little bit more of the mountain. I'm just going to push through. But like, it was like really contemplating, like I may have to quit. If you were ever just sent a last chance lake, because obviously you didn't, do you think you would uh, survive that? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's tough. Like, there's one time people go to Last Chance Lake, and there's another time that people go to Last Chance Lake. The first time, it was the worst weather we had the entire stay. It was windy like crazy. It was raining. It was freezing cold, thunderstorms. And then the second time, it was a nice, clear sky. It was super warm. No bad weather where it was basically just like camping. So, I mean, you just got to like flip a coin and hope for good weather. It's a, it's a breeze. Now, looking at the impact of like before and after this show aired, you talked about before with how people are hitting you up for wrestling and whatnot and how before you hitting up them. What else has that impacted? Has that impacted your character a lot because of this? Yeah, I think it adds another layer to my character where my character is just like, was just like, hey, basically a personification of my actual self like hey i got like my parents money that i'm living off of and now i'm now i'm claiming to be super rich now i have like this little netflix gig where i got 10k followers it's not a lot but now my character thinks you know i'm the most famous person on the planet like you can't touch me i'm an international superstar so it adds that little notch of um credibility but then i exaggerate it so much that it makes my character even more unbearable you get a lot of pops from the uh, show, like from your fame from the show. Yeah, it was funny. My first show back, uh, I worked this place and I got at when I came out, there was a Hulu's better chant. And uh, there was, <laughs> it was it was a dueling Netflix sucks and Hulu's better chant during my match. I like how they're like incorporating that now, like the brand new. That's actually that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, what else have you like? What else have you been able to kind of like grab off of this attention? Like booking wise for you, have you grown to like work more outside of your, I guess, your area? Like you know, the independent scene. Like right, maybe. right. Yeah. Um, I typically work Florida because it's tough for travel, and it's tough, especially if you're just like a indie guy starting out to justify travel elsewhere yeah. now people are kind of willing to say like all right now we can start trying to help you help chip in to get your travel to go to places like the northeast places like the west coast so i can finally start branching out and kind of hitting the whole country now will we see you back up in mass oh 100 100 that's that's one of the big goals is um i just want to have a nice little loop in um at, back in massachusetts I, think I can make something like that happen. Let's see. I, I got some connections. Let me see what Perfect. I can work for you. I got Perfect. you. Let's see what I can work. I'll, I'll give the little shout out here for my, like I work with, a, we work with a bunch of different promotions here. I want to try to help you out. Cause it's like, I like what you're doing on the independence and I want to try to help you out. But, oh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, no worries, dude. Yeah, no worries. But overall, like, I guess, like, what was your impression of like going back to the show of Matt and Joel? Cause they're, they're bad. They're, they seem like they're a bad ass EOD tech. Like Navy, Army, Afghanistan. 
Yeah, dude, uh, I I saw like on Twitter and stuff they're getting a lot of flack. People are like, these guys are so like quiet. Like, where's the charisma? Like, this is reality TV. They're not loud. Like, no, nah, dude. Like, they that that made them scary. The fact that they like wouldn't talk much and they were like super quiet. Like, it was almost like a the classic dad. Like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Like, they were like that stern figure. Like, oh my god, I can't do anything wrong, or I'm gonna upset Matt or Joel. But once I got to like really know them like once they started to open up a little bit like they're super chill guys like i had a show in jacksonville and joel actually came and like brought his kids to watch me wrestle like so they're like still supporting who's your favorite uh cast member favorite cast member and you know you can't say don't say Devin. yeah i was gonna say people are probably gonna expect yeah. me to say Devin, but um probably ray and i think and i knew me and ray were gonna get along when our stuff got blown up and um, everybody was crying. And I just look over and I just see Ray like laughing her ass off. And that was, that was my same reaction. I was laughing half because it was so funny because it was ridiculous and like half like in disbelief. I didn't know how, how else to react. And I just saw her laughing her ass off amongst like everybody else crying. I was like, Oh, that's great. We have, we have the same kind of personality there. One other thing, I guess, for people that want to get into wrestling, you talk about your story about how you were you were in college, you dropped out, you went into wrestling. What's the biggest takeaway or what's the biggest inspiration for you that you can give out to the people? Uh, I would say if you're trying to get into this, have a good reason why. If you think like, oh, it's a good way to get famous, you're going to want you're going to give up like the first two days. If you think like, oh, it's a good way to get money working a couple of indie shows, you're going to be like, Oh, it's not worth it. I'm not making a lot of money. You got to remember why you got to remember that like you're doing this, whether it's to prove something to yourself, whether it's because you love it, you got to remember why you're doing it. And if you have a good reason why you'll push through any of the difficulties and trust me, there are a lot. Absolutely. And that's, the, that's the biggest thing, I guess, like looking at independence and looking at wrestling is that it's those takeaways, like, and especially mm -hmm. talking about, the difficulties of those takeaways, but you look like you've been like on a straight and narrow road. You've been on that straight road right now and you're looking great in wrestling. Like what, I guess, what is your favorite match so far that you've competed in? Uh, my favorite match is kind of a little ridiculous match where it was a birthday bash street fight where there were weapons wrapped up in gifts all around the ring. And I opened up one and it was literally just a Shrek DVD. And so I got to beat someone else, someone up with a Shrek DVD. So that's probably my favorite moment so far on the Indies. And recently, you just made apparent, you just made a few appearances on what AEW, SmackDown. You put, I know I just saw oh, it on yeah. Twitter. Oh so yeah. So was I'm, that uh, was that you just going, or was that kind of like something that was worked out? Like uh, we're, gonna have, to yeah. we're oh. gonna have to wait and see. We're gonna have to wait and see. Oh really? That's that's really making appearances. That, let's just call it that. All right. I like it. Like, have you like a couple of the things I want to add, like obviously uh, training with team 3d, like working mm -hmm. with them. Uh, was there any like special guests that you had like in there, like to kind of like, you know, like with seminars and whatnot, was there anything you took away from like seminars? If you've gone to them, like anything like that. My first day there, Sandman was actually visiting. Okay. And he was kind of given a little seminar, given a speech and um, he pulled me aside and because it was my first day and he was asking me, like, why do I want to do this? Just like the basic stuff of like, do you really want to be here? And he gave one thing that like he's an eccentric character. I wouldn't listen to everything he says. But um, one thing that he did say that made a lot of sense that really stuck to me was stuck with me 
was if you can get over without going over, you'll have a job for life in this business. So don't worry about like, if you have like Sandman, he said he lost like just about every single match he's ever been in, but people always wanted to see Sandman because he got over. So if people complain like, Oh, he got booked terribly. They're burying him, whatever. No, if you can get over, you'll never be buried. So I think that's the big takeaway is like focus on, getting over rather than leaning on like, Oh, well, I need to win this match to really get momentum for blah, blah, blah. Focus on your own stuff. Your takeaway from your parents. You talked about like, what was the before and what was the after of work in the show? Yeah. So the big thing with my parents was communication. So before the show, I would just kind of like, I worked for them. So I'd work for like six to eight hours and then I would just disappear. And I wouldn't tell them like, Oh, I'm going to like check out a wrestling show or I'm trying to get booked here, or I'm going to train for eight hours, or I'm going to the gym, or I'm trying to do this or that for wrestling. They would just think like, oh, he disappeared. He's out partying, or he's upstairs like playing video games or something like that. And Because I never told them anything about wrestling. So they thought I was like wasting my life away when I could be going to college, or I could be taking over the family business, when in reality, I'm putting in so much work to be a pro wrestler. And so like after um, Snowflake Mountain, there was a point where like they sent a message, and they're like, we support you blah, 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 blah. And I, I came back and I was like, you know what? Like, if my parents don't support me on this, I can move out. I can find a, find another job. I can try to, like, make it work. But I'm going to wrestle no matter what. So I basically just, when I came back, I laid it all out for my parents. It's like, this is what I do. I don't want to go back to school. I don't want to take over the family business. This is what I'm doing. And turns out my parents, like most parents, just want to see me happy. So they were super supportive. And now it's like, They've been like helping me out with um, stuff like if I need to take a day off of work to like go see a show or travel or whatever, they're helping me out. And it's just better line of communication is really the biggest thing that's changed. So where can the people find you on social media? Like what, where's the at? Where can they find you? on that? So Instagram and TikTok, uh, Randy underscore Wentworth. And then Twitter, because Randy Wentworth, one, two, three, four, five and six were taken. You can find me at Randy Wentworth seven, but you can go to any of those social medias. I got the little link tree in my bio. You can click that and then you can find me everywhere else. Randy, I want to thank you so much. Peter, was there anything else you wanted to add before we let? No, I think that's Wentworth all. Go? Yeah, I think that's all good. We want to appreciate it. We appreciate you coming on though. I appreciate of it. Of so course. Much, my friend. Randy, like I said, uh, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure everybody that out there follows at cheap wrestling, Peter, since you're not always on here, can you say it twice for me? Can you say Achi Wrestling? Achi Wrestling, Achi. Achi Wrestling. Make sure you follow us. Randy, again, thank you so much for joining us and the success that you have. Like, this, keep it working. I love the work. You're doing some great stuff out there. I hope to see you back up here in Mass very soon. Of course. Thank you. And go Sox, of course. Go Sox. Hell yeah. <laughs>